The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your name. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQers, TV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. If you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and at the top of the page you'll see two videos. On the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. I mean, if you're really wanting something to liven up your day, uh, check that out. Uh, Bradley had Ted Nugent on uh, to talk about the Second Amendment and the tax on that. So uh, that'll be live, or that'll be there until 3 o'clock, and at 3 o'clock he'll be... How long did... <laughs> I'll answer that in a minute. Um... At 3 o'clock, he'll be live, okay? And then tomorrow, you've got him for two hours. So uh, be sure and check out Bradley and uh, check out the interview with Ted Nugent um, from yesterday. Um, and then again, 
live at three. On the right side is where we're doing now. So just hit the play button, blow it up on your device, and click on the Rumble icon, okay? And uh, join us in the chat over there. Also have some friends in other chats, uh, whether it's my personal Facebook or, or public Facebook. I think that's the only things we pretty much have open right now, and who knows how long that's going to be. But they're, they're over there, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live, beforeitsnews.com, we're there at the top of the page. And if you got a Roku device, we're on Cutting Edge TV over there. Right below where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Please do so. Please support us in that. We appreciate it very much. Also, if you agree with our message, and uh, you'd like to help keep us doing what we're doing on the internet, out among the people, on the radio, all this, uh, there's a donate button at the top of the page of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation or partner with us as a monthly uh, supporter, as a son or daughter of Liberty. And then our store is also available when you, um, this week we're highlighting, whoops, I hit the wrong thing. Sorry about that. Let's try it. Let's see if we can get this going here again. Um, we're the necessity t-shirts that we have. Uh, some great sellers. Um, those are on special this week. And yeah, it, this place, it, it's just going to make it hard. <laughs> I didn't open up this particular page. Um, we've got these in black and we got them in blue. Okay. And so you can pick these up. They have the quote from William Pitt the Younger. Necessity is the plea of every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. These are normally a donation of $20. And uh, this week only through tomorrow night, Saturday night at midnight, you can get 15% off when you use the promo code necessity. Not too hard to do. Uh, pretty simple. All right. Uh, one thing I'll answer. So I won't forget this. Um, how long did it take you to memorize that? I guess. Um, <clears throat> oh, I, I guess that's my intro. Well, it took a while. I had it on a note card that I would read it off because I learned a long time ago. And you guys will see it. If I have a problem, I lose completely where I'm at. Yep, I had a teleprompter, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but that's just to keep me on because I know how my mind will just go off and everywhere else. Anyway, with that said, that yeah, it's it's memorized. It's in, it's in my noggin somewhere, uh, somehow. The repetition does that. Um, <laughs> SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Man gets 375 years in prison. Is anybody living 375 years, folks? <laughs> no. For killing three innocent people, this is Bradley, Bradley's latest. Are you tired of the irrational justice yet? I mean, I'm tired of injustice all over the place, aren't you? Aren't you tired of putting people up, three hots and a cots, for the rest of their life um, when God says justice ought to be meted out differently? I mean, if somebody stole something from you, you don't go put them in prison and then you pay to keep them up. No, no, no. You have those people restore those things. Anybody ever heard this story of Zacchaeus? He was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Well, what was the end result of that? Well, he repented and he gave back four times what he had taken from the people. And by the way, he was a publican. That means a tax collector. How many people like tax collectors? And yet this guy got it, and Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. So be sure to check that out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Also, this one you got to see. I would love to play it, but it's seven or eight minutes. We're going to be taking up a lot of time this morning. Uh, I will have it in the archive. Incredible young girl tells Klaus Schwab to shove his plans for her in the world, and it's great. I mean, it really is great. Uh, you know, what does the Bible say? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. And boy, this little girl, 
Yeah, she she gets to it. Uh, critics question Dr. Brian Artis's snake venom COVID theory, and he unflinchingly responds. Now, I'm look, I'm not saying that he's right, but it makes a lot of sense, and a lot of nurses and doctors that I've spoken to since then seem to think it makes a lot of sense as to just about everything that you can think of coming up. Does that mean he's right? No, he wants to test that theory. So somebody get him some remdesivir and somebody get him one of those COVID shots. And uh, and let's let's just put the theory to the test. Let's see if that's what's going on. All right. If there, you've got nothing to hide, right? <laughs> uh, the first sodomite Muslim politician in England has been found guilty of sexual assault on a teen boy. He doesn't need to go to jail. They need to have a rock party with this guy. They really do. Um, this is real. That's real justice, according to God. I don't don't say Tim, you're a hater. You're mean. God has changed, and no, He hasn't. He hasn't changed how He thinks about any of that stuff. Okay. Also, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. It is. Ju- it isn't just Disney. Other TV influences sexually grooming our children. Okay. That's our latest from the Liberty Bells, uh, Lynn and Suzanne. Um, two more. Michigan cop tackles unarmed man, gets on his back executes him with a bullet to the back of the head. Where is justice? I'm going to tell you what. I watched this video, and I don't know how many of you have seen this. This was murder. There's no doubt in my mind. This guy was on his stomach. Oh, he had a taser, Tim. A taser is a non-lethal weapon. I mean, the, the cop was going to use it on him. Would the cop have a problem if he shot him for using, having the taser in his hand? He's on his stomach. Okay, maybe he's got the taser in his hand, maybe he doesn't. The cop gets up, thinks about it a second, pulls his gun out, and puts a bullet in the back of his head. And there's no doubt in my mind, you can see it. He just pulls it out and shoots him in the back of the head. He's on top of him. The guy's not a threat to him. And... Yeah, now he's front page news up there in Michigan. All right, this is this is a clear. This is not. I don't know how you justify this. If I was to do this, I would be in jail because they would have the. Well, even if they didn't have the video, just because I was accused, I would be arrested. Okay, this is why, at the Sons of Liberty, we'll have at least usually one of these cop stories like this a day. And why? Because the law is not partial to cops any more than it's partial to politicians, any more than it's uh, partial to you and me. Any of it. Yeah, you know what, guys? The skin color doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I I don't care if the guy was a Chinese man, a, a, a Mexican guy, or whatever, the law is the law, and what just what you just saw there, you guys on the social media platforms, what you that was murder. There's there's it's undeniable, it's undeniable. Chuck Baldwin's latest, "The West Is Destroying Itself," and I'm going to have two more videos up. I'm going to put it in the archive. You'll want to see these. This is George Soros uh, admitting that he set up a foundation in Ukraine <laughs> in 1990. This guy's got his fingers in so many pies. I don't know how he keeps up with them. I really don't. And then finally. Oh, this one right here is reading some of the comments of the people, the the brainwashed people. Uh, this this exposed Mike Pompeo and Mike Flynn. They were given vital information, and they sat on it. 
And you'll hear the lady's testimony on this as well. And, you know, we, we've talked about some of this when we had uh, Scott from Red State Talk Radio on, just some of his concerns about some of the guys who were in, you know, involved in some of those things. In any case, <laughs> this morning, we are not on any of this stuff. We are still on our prepping series. This is going to be the last one for at least a week, okay? And this one is on defensive and surveillance solutions. And, uh, you know, we've been having David Pruitt come in from Pruitt's Tree Resin. Uh, you can find them at themiraclesav.com. And some of you have. Some of you have, have went over there and uh, purchased some of their products and things. And uh, good morning, David. How are you, man? Good morning, brother. I'm blessed. Good, good. Well, listen, you've got a special thing that you want to do for the audience. You, you messaged me last night, and I want to, I want to give you a chance to, uh, to offer that to them, uh, a special that's going on now through Monday morning when we start up again, uh, Lord willing. Go ahead. So your, the discount code Sons of Liberty normally gets people 10% off. Um, we're going to do a limited time 20% off. Um, there's a few things excluded from that, things that are were low on inventory. Um, but the tree resins are included in that, the fulvic's included in that, the humic, um, all that stuff. So that's just our way of trying to help people out. We know everything else seems to keep going up and up in price. So it's a way to help people. Yeah, and, and we appreciate that. Dad. You know, this is the kind of guy David is. He's not just doing this for the show. He's he's like this all the time, and I can I can vouch for that because we've been friends for several years now, and never having actually met in person, David is, and his family have just been super kind to us with with asking nothing in return. That's just the way they are. And uh, David, we appreciate you doing that. So, guys, if you've been looking for some of this, this fulvic acid or humic acid, which um, uh, Kate had mentioned on the show several weeks back and that's where we started pitching that out there or if you're looking for some of these the tree resins uh, we're going to end up doing a whole show later on on just the tree resins and the different kinds what they're used for and this kind of stuff maybe even learn a little history in the in the mix but david we're talking about defensive and surveillance solutions today in in the area of prepping so why don't you get us started there okay so the first thing i want to go over is when it comes to uh, this is like the part that everybody loves is talking about the, all the tactical gear and all that stuff. Um, when in reality, I think that we, we can use, you know, the first line, second line, third line gear to, to get some concepts going. I don't necessarily think that that's the best way to look at everything um, because you don't have a military resupply plan. Um, Probably not. I'm just saying. And the other thing you've got to think about is that um, there is something to be said about the guy who doesn't look like, you know, isn't wearing camis and stuff like that out in his yard, no matter how big his yard is, because that makes you look like a hard target. Um, hard targets tend to be dealt with in a very different way than soft targets. Um, people who tend to underestimate targets tend to lose in, in fights. So that's why we want to be underestimated. Uh, that's why that's where the, you know, the whole debate into open carry versus concealed carry comes in is do you want to have that advantage or do you want to look cool? So the first thing we want to get going is the first line gear. This is going to be like your everyday carry gear. Um, when we're talking about security and defense and um, these applications, you need to think of your everyday carry is 
Yes, it may be your everyday care, and there might be basic things that don't seem to change very often, but you are going to have some things that are going to have to change based on the situation, based on whatever. Okay, so that needs to be, think of, uh, it needs to be mission configurable. Same thing happens with your second line gear. Your second line gear is going to be like your uh, load-bearing equipment. Think of like, uh, you know, the old Alice uh, H harnesses and web belts and all that kind of thing. Or nowadays, uh, chest rigs are thought of a lot when we're thinking about that kind of stuff. Um, that would be your, your second line. And then your third line would be like backpack sustainment gear, that kind of thing. Um, you need to be thinking about like resupply over the long term. Because, you know, you, you can't just pray to the bullet fairy and have more bullets magically show up. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to work good, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, bullets and first aid equipment tend to be at scarce supply when you need them most. Um, so you need to think about your ammo supply. And then you also need to think about, like, your reloading capabilities and all that. And not just your reloading capabilities, but the quality of the ammunition that you can produce, you need to be realistic with yourself. You're not a very good reloader and you're having problems like primers falling out and stuff like that. And it causes weapon malfunctions. Then, you know, um, disadvantages that happen on your side still give your opponent an advantage. And you need to think of it that way. Um, If you don't think of it that way, you're probably going to have some big issues. Because remember, you don't have um, a big QRF coming to help you out. Um, quick reactionary force. Uh, the, the problem is people get into this military mindset that we are always going to have friends and family going to be there to back us up. In reality, it may only be your community. So it might be a couple of guys with deer rifles backing you up. Um, which really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the tool is. It matters what the weapon is because the mind is the weapon. Everything else is just a tool. Okay. Training Trump's gear. So I'd rather take a guy with a deer rifle who can actually hit something and have him backing me up than a guy who's spraying and praying with an AR scaring the crap out of everything. (laughs) Amen. Out of, I need you to make hits on target. Because when seconds count, you may not have time to make a second or third shot. Um, So we need to think of it that way. We need to also think about what are the, what capabilities do we need to have on our equipment? Um, Now, when we're talking about basic, um, whether it be home defense, homestead defense, prepping, anything, you know, everyone wants to talk about night vision and stuff like that. That's a huge chunk of money for people. And before you can go get into night vision and everything, you need to have your backup. See, guys who run nods also run white lights because if their nods either get damaged or what have you, they need to have a backup to be able to see because you can't hit what you can't see. I don't care how good you are. You can't hit what you can't see. You might get lucky, but you can't hit it if you can't see it. So we need to think of what what um, what are some low cost alternatives for the average individual to be able to get um, and and we're talking about for those who are um, lawfully armed in America you know this is not for scumbags to use this is not um, if 
that's your mentality. It ain't going to work for you anyways, because you aren't in the right heart. Um, true warriors. It's about saving lives, not about taking them. Okay. Yep. Amen. So let me, uh, let me talk about one, just one option for, cause everyone likes talking about this subject matter, but very few actually, uh, uh, go out and start experimenting with all of the, the tools. And we've been playing around with this setup for quite a while. Okay. So this is a magnetic Olight uh, tactical. Um, I don't know what they, they call it. It's a magnetic Olight uh, X-WM03. And what I like about this is it takes and allows you to be able to have a momentary on. You could put um, the pressure pad and everything on there. Not a huge fan of Olight. This is not an endorsement for Olight. Uh, it took me like three months to get a, a warranty repair done on my other one. And I'm not super impressed with their customer service or anything. If it was me, I'd probably go with... Um, Streamlight or Surefire. I've had really good luck with both of those companies. Um, I have not dealt with Cloud Defense and Modlight. I've heard good and bad about. So eat the meat, spit out the bones. $20 um, flashlight mount. It'll mount onto a barrel. Now that allows you the capability to give yourself modern lighting on older platforms. What does this mean to you? This means that you don't have to spend a huge amount on, um, you know, all the new fangled equipment. I'll tell you what, a good old 30-06, you can hit a deer at 300 yards with it. You can hit a man. Yeah. David, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you something because uh, Mateo's mentioned the heat signature technology that they're using now. Um, in surveillance and stuff. Um, I, I've thought about that. You mentioned those emergency blankets and things. Is yeah. there a way to camouflage yourself from heat signature? Should you run up on something like that? I mean, can you use something like that to... Yeah, you can. Um, Oath okay. Keepers had, a, I believe it's been taken down by now, that um, they had developed a open source uh, ghillie suit that, that defeated um, thermal. Um, okay. So there was uh, there was that project. There are a number of people who have come up with similar concepts. Um, you can use uh, they they make some. They're camouflaged on one side, and then they're like the high reflectivity on the other side. You can use those um, to create um, uh, to create basically a blind spot. You know, you can be you can be offset of that. You need at least about a foot between you and that thing. Um, and then the other thing is you got to remember the thermal, a lot of like weapons mounted thermal requires a certain um, temperature differential. So if you're in a place that gets really hot, like let's say somewhere like Florida, um, a lot of these new ones that you're seeing pop up uh, require 10 degrees difference. So if it's 95 degrees out and you're walking around and stuff like that you're probably not going to be that much um, you're not going to be over that 10 degrees difference 
So it just kind of everything melts together at that, at that temperature, if that makes sense. So, um, and this is limit. I'm not like the end all be all expert on that, that kind of thing. We've played around with them some. Um, I, I find that a lot of technology, you know, guys don't even do the basics with fighting with flashlights and stuff. And if that's your backup, you know, what happens when all your other crap goes to heck yeah. and you need, you know? Yep. So that's look at it. Um, I don't think that there's a, I think that people rely too heavily on their equipment and not heavily enough on their skills. And I, I think that that's a huge problem that we see in, um, in the preparedness community. I think that we see that. Um, hugely in military and law enforcement is guys, you know, they get the Gucci equipment. It makes it easier for them to be able to hit a target. And, you know, um, standards really are, uh, people don't compete against themselves. You know, you should be always constantly improving, um, you know, whether it be your, uh, your security plan, your defensive capability, all that you should constantly be improving. If you're not constantly improving, then you're not really, making any forward momentum and it's hard to keep to get that momentum going again once you've stopped yeah yeah i totally agree <clears throat> i totally agree i just wanted to bring that up since he brought it up in the in the chat and i i had thought about that too uh those kinds of things that we could use something simple like a thermal blanket or you know one of those emergency blankets that we talked about before yeah uh, there's actually a lot of uh i hear pray tell that um a lot of guys are using um, thermal blankets and things like that in creating uh, hides, you know, long range shooting hides. Um, and that seems to work pretty well from what I hear. Um, but I, you know, I haven't really played around with the Chinese uh, thermal much. Um, I know that we had a friend who had um, some of that, the new, uh, that it's the low cost thermal from uh ATN, I think it is. Played around with like a lot of the PBS 14s, you know, binos, uh, panos. Panos are just so ridiculously expensive, you know, $40,000, $50,000 for a set of uh, panoramic night vision. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, you know? yeah. <laughs> like that's, uh, that's probably more than most people have in their whole preparedness setup. So, I think that, um, you know, just because people want Gucci equipment, and the thing is, is if you don't have the training to make the Gucci equipment effective, then why buy the Gucci equipment? Yeah, it might be nice to have good equipment. And if you've got a huge amount of disposable income, that might be something to think about. But I don't necessarily think that it's best to go out and buy, you know, a $5,000 rifle when you don't have any ammo for it you know, or any training. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a wise thing. Yeah. I, I don't think that that's a wise thing at all. So the, the thing that I want to talk about is so realistic dealing with realistic situations. Okay. So you're probably, you probably need to, um, there's a book that I can highly recommend. It's called the secure home by Joel Skousen. Um, and uh, you probably want to read that. And then you want to probably be thinking about different ways that you can create perimeters. Think of layers of security, kind of like layers to an onion. 
you want layers of security um, and you want as much, you want to put as much as you can in between you and your possible opponents and use every advantage you can. You know, you have the home field advantage right now. So you can set up things like mirrors inside your house. You can set up, uh, you know, all kinds of different uh uh, fighting positions, like, you know, you could, let's say you could set up, uh, some concrete raised beds out in front of your house that, um, or around your house, around the perimeter of your house, you fill those with soil and everything. Those are now improvised fighting positions. Um, those could be staged also to keep, uh, vehicles away from entry points, because I think you're going to see as we're, we're seeing a huge crime increase. Um, you know, especially in those very liberal areas, couldn't have anything to do with liberals, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah. The uh, we're, we're seeing that high, um, you know, home invasions are up a lot of these. And I think that you're going to see as home invasions and stuff like that become more prevalent. I think that you're going to see a um, I think that you're going to see more um, vehicle borne operations. Like, uh, you know, guys using vehicle, um, improvised battering rams on vehicles, um, you know, different, different methods to try to gain quicker egress into homes. And I I think that you're going to see that because, um, you know, although, although America, great pew pew, you know, I got a 30 round mag, I'm, I'm good. It's not how it works in the real world. Um, when stuff goes sideways, it normally goes very, very sideways. And if your opponent has been training harder than you have, you don't want to be operating on luck. You want to be operating on the fact that you trained harder than your opponent did. I think that that's something that we we fail to think about often is, you know, um, we are responsible for every round we send down range. But with that also said is what realistically is our own capability? You know, how many times have you tried to engage, let's say, six to 10 targets and transition between those quickly and also make good, solid hits? Um, the other thing is, you know, we, we're seeing um, I think that you're going to see a lot more use of body armor and things like that in these home invasions in a lot of those things like that. Um, and. I think that you're. I think that it's just the sign of the times. As the economy gets worse, you're going to see a, a raise in crime because people are getting desperate. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about what you're saying about the the training and the difference between the guy who who does his due diligence in that and the guy who does, or excuse me, the practice. I should say the guy who does his due diligence after he's been trained in in practice. And I think about what Scripture says, too. I mean, uh, David wasn't this guy who just went out and he grabbed some sling and a stone and never used them before, didn't practice with them or anything like that, and went out to defeat the giant and said, I'm going to rely on the Lord that he's going to do it. Now, he was relying on him. But, you know, I think about uh, the Scripture out of Second Samuel. For who is God save the Lord, and who is a rock save our God? God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken in my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of salvation. Thy gentleness has made me great. Uh, He talks about 
Uh, thou hast enlarged my steps under me so that my feet did not slip. I pursued mine enemies and destroyed them and turned not again until I had consumed them. I mean, David was, he was a bad dude, man. I mean, and he, and it was because he put into practice, uh, what he had been trained for. He talked about take, I mean, how many guys, you know, is going to go to take down the bear or take down the lion, uh, and, and yet David had done this. So he had applied himself in that area. So he was very good at warfare. Yeah. And and I think it's because when you love and you care about people, you realize that there is evil. Um, only, uh, only a fool would say evil doesn't exist. Um, and I, the only thing, I think Jeff Cooper put it best, um, when Jeff Cooper said that the only thing that stops a bad man with a gun is a good man with a gun. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the, that's the problem is that if you, if you truly love about people and care about them, then this is like a life insurance policy, not only for you, but for those around you. And it's, it's really about having that sheepdog mentality and caring about individuals. Because if you, if you don't care about other people, then, and you're selfish, then it's a very unrewarding life, you know, and we, we should be into preparedness. We should be into all this stuff because we care about people, because we have a charitable mindset, because we want to see people succeed. Amen. And I, I think something that, that a lot of people don't think about. And I think that I, the more I talk to people every day, um, the more and more people I find that have gone out, you know, they're, they're getting training, they're practicing as much as possible. Um, I've talked to some people who I just cannot believe the amount of rounds they're putting down range for the amount ammo is costing these days. I mean, at $700 a thousand for five, five, six, that's a lot of money when you're, I know some people are putting a thousand, 2000 rounds a week down range. That's crazy. Ever would have thought would ever be training. So I think, you know, David, David, and with with that said, one of the things that I found to be a, a real big help is uh, like if you ha- if you have one that will accept it, is to put the money into like a twenty two uh, conversion kit for your AR if you've got that, uh, because I I won't shoot any of the other ammo because I'm sitting here going, look, we're we're limited as we are, but we can practice with twenty two all day because I got those dirt cheap when the when the price went back down and I was able to get them and. And plus, they're not as they're not as loud, so it's not as rough on your ears if you don't have hearing protection on. And it, it's just, a, and it's a great way to to compensate for that. That you can practice with it, and you can do so feeling like you're not chopping off your arm uh, to go do that. Yeah, i I think that I think that twenty two long rifle is great for training, great for getting reps in, getting that good trigger squeeze, especially if you can do a um, a conversion bolt where you're you're getting the same optics you're you're look you're using your same optics using your same trigger same everything i think that that makes a lot of sense um when when 22 long rifle was 15 cents around and 223 556 was uh you know 35 cents or 40 cents around i think that it made less sense to, to shoot 22 long rifle because there are a few disadvantages and you, and you need to be aware of this. If you, if you're going to be training with exclusively 22 long rifle is that um, 
the 5.56, to be able to shoot it very, very fast, um, you you got to learn recoil control, and that is learned through proper grip, yep. stance, this stuff. Um, and I I I love twenty two long rifle. Shot a lot of it. I think everybody who's been shooting for a while, especially when ammo was cheap, man, you go through five hundred fifty rounds. And Absolutely, not even notice. Absolutely. Um, so I I love that. But in the in the same breath, there is um, there's something to be said about five five six and learning that recoil control and also um, being able to make hits on on targets um, at longer ranges. Uh, the two two the twenty two long rifle conversion kits. I've had some problems with reliability. Depends on which ones you get, I suppose, and what kind of ammo you're running. Um, but wonderful training tool wonderful wonderful training tool and then another thing that i think is like everyone used to make fun of us all of my buddies and myself um we got into so when i was pretty young it was paintball everyone who was into like combat sports was doing paintball and then um we all started doing the airsoft um that that became for force on force and that is something that I really think is a great low cost um, way to get into force on force. Cause I mean, you can shoot 2000, 3000 rounds in a day and it makes perfect sense. Um, and you can get ARs, you know, you can configure a lot of the ARs and stuff with the same optics, the same everything. So you're, you're getting that same feel as uh, you know, you're getting that same feel. And I think that's very important, um, being able to to also learn how to move, um, shoot, communicate. Because if you can't shoot, move, and communicate, what what good is it if you if you can shoot but you can't move? You're going to get flanked eventually. Um, what good is it if you can't um, if you can move but you can't shoot? You're you're going to waste all your ammo, never hit your target. Um, if you can't communicate, how are you going to get your help? to be able to do what you need to do to get the situation dealt with. And without communication, that's when you have friendly fire situations and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. These are a lot of things that are good to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely, and I'm trying to, I'm not trying to throw it out there to get people to be, um, I'm not trying to throw it out there to discourage people. I'm trying to say that it's, it's not as glamorous as people would like you to think. You know, everybody wants to buy the super. And by the way, I know that there have been comments about people there. Yes, there are um, some birds. We have baby ducklings in the background. So we got to see one of them yesterday after the show. <laughs> yeah, they are cute, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are. Um, so we, we also have to think about this idea of, you know, you can't take the whole kitchen sink with you. Um, and if you don't have a resupply plan, um, more ammo is more better. That's another reason why I have become a um, huge proponent of the five, five, six, you can carry a ton of ammo. Um, the magazines are really inexpensive, so you can stockpile a bunch of those. Um, you know, the mags are fairly lightweight. They last very well. Um, they're very reliable. The modern mags, um, most of them are very reliable that are available for the AR platform. 
Um, I think the direct impingement guns, as long as you get one that's reliable and it's built right, they're wonderful. Um, as far as training goes, um, I'm going to make a few recommendations on books. Um, and I know that they seem expensive, but I'm trying to give you guys the best bang for your buck. Um, there is a uh, John Mosby, the Gorilla Gunfighter series, um, probably the best in the business for if you want mindset. He's got some great stuff on mindset. He's got some great stuff on community. He's also got some great stuff on, um, I think it's Gorilla Gunfighter, um, clandestine carry pistol and um, tactical carbine or something like that. Anyhow, he's got a number of books on the subject matter. He also has one on drills. They're like 70 bucks a book. I and what's his name? Uh, John Mosby. Okay. That's um, or a pin name, whatever you want to call it. But he's um, great content. Wonderful, wonderful um, books. They are kind of like the gold standard, um, as far as I'm concerned. Really, really good. Um, he'll give you some realistic um, expectations. And the thing is, is that um, I like the idea for um, for some, you know, for a grid down scenario. Carrying concealed makes the most sense because you know now you know when my hands are up here and I'm talking to you, we're you don't know what I've got on me. I don't know what you got on you, but I know what I got on me. And I know what my capabilities are with that. And being able to do that, I think, gives you uh, an advantage, a huge advantage. And um, he's got some wonderful books. And you got to remember, not everybody needs to be like a tier one tip of the spear level operating guy. You really need to master the basics before you can even think of being at the top 1%. If you can't, if, if you can't master the basics and you can't hit a target, you know, at a hundred yards, you know, a, a pie plate at a hundred yards, you're probably not going to be able to compete with a lot of guys. You know, you've got to be able to constantly be improving. That's the true mark of a professional is constant improvement. And I, I think that that's something that we, we all need to think about. Um, now as far as, um, another book that's really, really good. And I should say a series, um, James Wesley Rawls wrote the survivors, um, series. I've got a signed copy of it right here. Um, the Patriots survivors, this, this whole series, wonderful, wonderful series. Um, and it'll teach you, I think that he has a more realistic, um, a very realistic look at, at how, um, at how it could possibly look. I, I think that it'll give you, a, it'll make you think a lot about a lot of things that you think were important that really weren't that important. Well, he, um, we did an interview with him before and that's what, I, that was the, the situation that I got from him too, was that he was writing these, these novels to teach you prepping and survival skills and things in the novel itself without just being at some kind of dry, cold thing. So anybody who hasn't checked out, uh, you know, James Wesley Raw's books, and it, not just this one. I mean, he's got, a, he's got a ton where he does these all kinds of, of things. All of his books, I love James. He's got a lot of great books. Um, I do think that there is some outdated information in there, but it's a great starting point. And if you're willing to 
And that's the thing is we don't all have to agree, but man, what a contribution James has made in in the world Amen. prepared. You know, he um, he wrote a great book, uh, How to Survive the End of the World as We Know It. That's another great one. Um, like I said, I feel like there are some things that are a little bit out of date in there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad book. You just got to eat the meat, spit out the bones. If you don't spit out bones, you're going to choke to death. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. That's right. And I think that's a, that's what we talked about the other day. It's not that um, you know everybody has to agree on every little thing. We all know that we don't. But uh, I think we can sharpen each other by maybe provoking thoughts that somebody else hasn't thought about, and they do the same for us. And then we'll say, well, no, I've already tried that, so that doesn't work for me. And you can find out those things that work for you uh, that are better. We're not talking about a moral issue here. We're talking about tactical issues of things that we do. And everybody's land layout's different, and you know, the, their, their weapons are different. So all of that's going to apply to somebody different than it may apply to somebody else. So there are things that obviously you know, transfer over, but there are differences that, that we have and that we should be discussing on those issues. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, I think amateurs want to talk tactics, not much has changed in the world of tier one, you know, tactics, you know, um, not much has really changed. You know, a lot of times they're going back to old techniques because they found out that the, the new equipment, there was a downside to it or whatever. Um, so, I think that really amateurs talk about tactics, experts talk about logistics, because you can only stay in the fight as long as you've got ammo. You can only stay in the fight as long as you've got, um, you know, as long as you're alive. So you got to have a way to keep yourself alive. And not only that, but you can only stay in the fight so long as you're physically capable. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we, we, we started that first. You did the first line. Have we moved? We, we need to move to the second line, right? Second, yeah, so that's first line gear is going to be everyday carry. That's going to be like your pistol, um, you know, your knife. Um, I, I like to carry like a tourniquet, some medical gear on like an ankle, um, an ankle rig. Um, they make ankle medical kits. That's a wonderful way to carry a lot of, a lot of medical gear on you. And it doesn't, you know, clumsy up your waist or anything um some type of a whether it be a pocket knife or a um fixed blade um a lot of guys i know like to carry fixed blades but there's a lot of places you can't carry a concealed fixed blade knife um so a folder is just what you're stuck with for now but don't be afraid to get that equipment for the day that you might need it um you know a lot of guys will carry an ar or what have you out in their rig and yes, it's good to have a chest rig. Yes, it's good to have all that stuff. But I tell them to keep one, um, at least one, because you can fit two 30 rounders in your back pocket. And believe it or not, just blue jeans, I, I can run that really fast. It may not look all, it, it may not look sexy, but it will get the job done. And remember, it doesn't really matter how it looks as long as you get the job done. It's not stupid if it works. That's right. There's a lot of, uh, if, if, if guys saw the amount of duct tape and gaffers tape and, uh, you know, all kinds of funny stuff that gets put on um, some of the most elite's rifles, they probably laugh. And if they realize that, you know, 
a lot of these guys who buy these really expensive rifles and never paint them or anything, the first thing an operator would do is camouflage that thing to break up that outline. Um, so that's something to think about is that second line gear is going to be like web gear, chest gear, uh, battle belt. Um, I like to do like a chest rig and battle belt combination. So like if I drop the chest rig or whatever, I've still got my battle belt, still got a few mags and stuff like that on there and a basic, like a little butt pouch, uh, survival thing and some kind of a dump pouch. Cause you need to have a way to retain your magazines because mags may be worth their weight in gold. You never know. Um, so having some type of a, of a, uh, bag or something like that, that you can drop your empty or partially full magazines into. So you're not um, dropping them on the grounds because you may not have time to pick them up. That's just the fact of the matter. Um, I think that's something to think about. I think that there's also something to be said for um, having like earth tone colored clothing that does not look military, that doesn't have camouflage um, patterns on it. You know, um, a lot of green and brown plaids, if that's the color scheme of your environment, um, those kind of things, you know, khaki uh, pants, green pants, you know, one color. Um, And then you can camouflage them if you need to from there, but having having something that doesn't necessarily look military or law enforcement-esque allows you, but allows you some camouflage capability is better, I would say, in most situations than just wearing straight up fatigues because if you're wearing fatigues people are always going to assume that you're armed and they're always going to assume that you have um probably someone there to back you up right right no that's 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 some wise stuff again that's that's an issue to where you're you're having people to underestimate you if you will not to look at you as though you're an immediate threat or something like that i get it yeah yeah and the other thing is being able you know, the, the, the thing is, I know it sounds really unglorious and it's like, man, someone's going to complain in the comments. You know, someone's <laughs> going to come there. But, um, you know, I don't care how big of a badass you are. I don't care if you carry a Desert Eagle as your concealed carry. And I don't care if you carry six reloads with that. I don't. I really don't care how, how much you're overcompensating. I, I don't care, okay? The... I think that the best fight you have is the one that you don't have and having those skills to be able to de-escalate, being able to, you know, um, not get caught in that, that matrix where you, you just keep repeating the same thing over and over again, being able to talk someone and talk someone down who has ill will or ill intent to you. I think that is more important than the shooting skills, even though the shooting skills are still important Amen. and not shooting skills important but you've got to remember like hey you know what if my pistol goes down and the guy's you know right on top of me what what's what are we going to do the other thing that you have to ask yourself is like hey what um what realistically are my capabilities you know if you're training with a blade and i know that when when i'm coming up um i you can start timing yourself using shot timers and stuff like that is really really important because you can start timing yourself and as you start timing yourself and you start improving, you can 
start having a gauge to measure things by and start seeing like, hey, you know what? I got a quarter of a second faster in a week of training. Um, you know, being able to get those speed, that speed advantage and being able to uh, do things very, very quickly um, under some amount of stress allows you to be able to gauge your own capabilities. You know, if you know that it takes you 1.25 seconds to draw and shoot at 25 yards, you know, perfect headshot with your current setup. If you know that, then you can gauge, hey, you know what, in this particular, um, because you can't train for every possible situation. But what you can do is you can use these measurements as, yeah, that's the best day I've ever had. So I can't, I can't bet that I'm going to be better than that in a worst case scenario. So you can use that as a gauge to be able to gauge the situation like, hey, you know what? Um, You can start counting when the guy isn't looking at you and start working up how much time he's looking away from you and that kind of thing to be able to get that perfect perfect draw and, and get an advantage. I think that a lot of people on the second line here make the mistake of that it's got to be like a a completely exposed battle belt and everything. I would say that the second line gear, you could have a battle belt, especially in winter and stuff. You know, a lot of people wear big coats and stuff. They could wear like a chest rig under, uh, under a jacket um, or, uh, you know, under a vest. Um, They could wear a battle belt. Um, You could also use like a photographer's vest. Um, 511 Tactical makes those, uh, oh, can't remember the name of them. They're a tactical vest, the Light Pro vests. Um, those are very popular. You know, they hold a couple of 30 rounders. Um, they've got extra pockets for other support gear, a couple of water bottles and stuff in there. That's a really good solution that doesn't look, it, it doesn't scream military like, like other things do. Um, and it comes in like, it looks like a photographer's vest to most people. Um, so that's, that's one option. Um, David, now, we're, hang on, hang on a second. We're up against the, the end of the show here and we got about uh, 20 seconds or so. I want you to tell people about the, uh, the website and the special deal you got going on over the weekend. Okay. Um, so the website is the miracle Um, if you use the code sons of Liberty, it will give you 20% off for a limited time. Um, so you're getting twice the savings on the tree resin products, the Fulvic, um, the Humic kits. And uh, we hope that's the best. All right. That's David Pruitt from TheMiracleSav.com. That's where you can catch him. Use Sons of Liberty and you'll save 20% now through Monday morning. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Hang with us or jump over on Sons of Liberty Media for the rest of this, and we'll see you there. Okay, also, we're going to, Kate will be on in the morning, 8 a.m. Simone Plout is going to come back on. They're going to be discussing some new things as well as the stuff that erupted earlier this week with uh, Dr. Artis and the snake venom stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the morning, but uh, but David didn't mean to cut you off. We we just wanted I wanted you to get that in there on the radio side of things uh, to promote the site. So uh, go ahead and continue. Pick up where you were, man. Okay, so the second line gear. What I was going to finish saying is, you know, you don't have to. Don't believe that you have to be the super high speed guy. You know, I I have seen guys who go out there 
with an old revolver and outshoot everybody with all their $3,000, $4,000 custom race guns. Um, so training Trump's gear. So start getting as much training and practice as you can, and whether it be dry fire practice, whatever. And then you also need to be thinking about expanding your capabilities. I think that, you know, the first thing that you should be getting is pistol because that's something that you can carry with you, you know, concealed, you, you put a shirt on, it just kind of disappears with the right holster set up and everything. Um, I would get a pistol, a uh, light, some kind of a light that goes on there. Probably a stream light for most people is going to be the, uh, the cheapest option. That's good. Um, the O lights, all the O lights that I've had, I've had, issues with even that one that I was showing earlier. I've just got a new replacement one. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, I actually, I've got it right here. Um, the warrior three, I'm, I like it better than the M2R pro, but we'll see if it has any issues. Yeah. I've um, had, I've had, I was going to make mention of that. I've had the same problem with Olight. I think I told you this, that this little guy right here on my keychain, that's the only one I've had really good, you know, fortune with is and and then the um, uh, the Odin that I recently got, which is specifically designed to go on the uh, on the rifle. You can take it off too, but uh, with the pressure switch, that one's been okay. But the other ones, and I've bought a, I've bought several of them. Man, I mean, they either didn't work out of the box, or you, you know, within a week or something, they're not working, and you got to send it back. It's just uh, and and the customer service sometimes is not the best either. Yeah, I've got. I've got a string of emails that would make you laugh very, very hard if you uh, <laughs> if emails I've had with Olight because it's like, well, we we'd love to fix your light, but we no longer manufacture that light. We know that you spent all this money on buying our batteries and all that, so we're going to downgrade you to a smaller light, so you can't use any of those batteries or anything, <laughs> even though we sold you a piece of crap. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And, and now, although I like. There are things I love about Olight, like the fast charging capability, but the, uh, you know, the magnetic charging for the tail cap and all that, that's really convenient. But at the price point, I think for not much more, you can get a Surefire that's made here in America, you know, for 20, yep. 30 bucks. More. And I've been to the Surefire facility. It is like top notch. They test the heck out of everything. I've got every Surefire that I've got. I have never had a Surefire that has actually taken a dump on me. Um, I've had them where I've wore out the, uh, you know, the tail cap switch, the rubber uh, switch cover. I've wore that out. You send it back to them. They'll send you a whole new light. That's the kind of people they are. Um, and they're just, I, I like those. And I like Streamlight. Streamlight. I've had a couple of issues with uh, returns in the past, but they've gotten better over the years. Okay. All right. Yeah. And Sean is saying Streamlight. He he says it's worth the investment. Yeah. Yeah. Streamlight. Streamlight is kind of like, um, it's actually a lot of the Streamlights are cheaper than the O-Lights and you're going to get better capability. They've got um, a few very interesting rifle lights. Um, they've even got one that'll take CR123s or it'll take double A's, which is really cool having that dual fuel capability. Um, they've, uh, and that one's like, a hundred bucks and it's a rifle rated light. Um, so that's really, really cool. 
And a lot of those come with uh, pressure switches, like high quality pressure switches too, not like El Cheapo ones. They're, they're actually pretty good for the money. Um, very high quality. Um, so Streamlight, Surefire, those are the ones I, I've had really, really good luck with. I can't really speak to, you know, Olight. Uh, I've had that little one, like what you've got on your keychain. We've got one of those. I don't ever hardly use the thing, but, um, it seems to be the only one that I have not had to return yet. Yep. And I, I've got, I've actually gotten three or four of those, uh, usually around, I think the holidays, they do a deal there and you get it for free if you spend, you know, a little bit of money, whatever. And usually it pays to do it because then they're going to give you the free shipping, too. So you don't you only end up paying that and you get these others. So anyway, yeah, those are those are really good. Um, and I've got some links I dropped there for, for you guys who are looking for any of these. They'll be in the in the uh, archive as well. Yeah. And, and that's something that we may talk about. Uh, we might do some testing and and some more stuff with some flashlights and talk about um, systems and all that, because everything works together. Um, we might do that in the future. I don't know. We, we can talk about that more. Um, I like, I like Streamlight. There are a few things that I don't like about Streamlight, but you know, there's every company, you're going to have something you don't like about them, period. There's just every piece of equipment out there. There's going to be something that you can gripe about, but for the most part, really good for the money. Um, I think better value than Olight, uh, way better quality control. Okay. Better. All right. So second line gear, that could be, you know, like I said, it could be best, whatever. Um, third line gear, you know, I, I tell people to try to get away from all the camouflage and all that. Um, solid colors. Um, I like having the Molly strapping on the outside so you can put debris, you know, sticks, twigs, that kind of thing in there um, to try to, uh, um, break up the outline and all that. Um, definitely want as part of the, your third line gear, remember your fight will last so long as beans, bullets, band-aids. Beans uh, would encompass water, water and food, uh, band-aids, medical, and bullets, your firefighting capability. Um, now, those those are the three things that you have to have to be able to stay in the fight. Then I would say that uh, part of your bullets equation is being able to identify the target because if you can't see the target, you can't shoot the target. That's where the weapon mounted lights are really nice. That's why that O light. Now that O light, the thing that I like about it is that it uses a very large um, knob here, so we can actually open this. Now this particular flashlight comes right out of there. And this is a one inch, just a one inch. And then you can adjust the, there are three magnets here and you twist this wheel. You twist that wheel and it changes the placement of that middle magnet to be able to fit the contour of the barrel better. So you get better engagement. So that is for like a $20 mount. You cannot do better than that. Um, we've I've tried it on shotguns. I've never had it fall off. Um, I've tried it on ARs, shotguns, uh, you know, hunting rifles, all kinds of things. Have not had it fall off yet. I, and I've tried it a lot during the day just to see if it's going to get snagged and stuff or come off during training. 
um, has it yet, but you still need to be aware because I think if you were, um, it, it can still come off. It's, it's on there pretty good, but it still can come up. It's not going to come off during recoil. It, it doesn't even move during recoil. It doesn't seem to move at all during recoil, even on shotguns, even on pump action shotguns. Um, so that's a really good low cost way to be able to bring some modern functionality to older guns. Um, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who have older stuff out there and you don't need the newest, greatest stuff. You just need something to be able to um, be effective with. Yeah. So the, now the third line gear, when we're talking about our backpacking or sustainment equipment, um, I would say that you need to think about this. You need to think about what is the maximum weight limit that you're going to be able to um, run with. And what capability do you need to make? Because there's probably going to be some type of a uh, compromise when, when we're talking about um, your sustainment equipment, because you're going to have to compromise between weight and mobility. Because if you get too much weight, ounces equal pounds, pounds equal pain. I don't care who you are. You know, if I give you a hundred pound pack, and I give you a 20 pound pack, I don't care who you are, you will perform better with the 20 pound pack. There might be guys who can do the 100 pound pack. Good for you, brother. That's awesome. But you know, if I take the same man who's got the same physical fitness and I give him a 20 pound pack versus a 100 pound pack, the 20 pound pack will allow him to be able to do things, the same work for a longer amount of time. And that's something that we have to think about, that weight versus mobility concept. Um, and I, I think that that's something that a lot more people are, are becoming cognizant of because you need to, you've got to go out there and do stuff. You know, you've got to use this equipment. You've got to start training with it. You've got to start humping around with it. Um, and that's something, you know, you could just fill, put bricks in a backpack to simulate the same, um, the same loadout that, you're, that you would normally use. Um, but you also need to start training with your equipment to find out any flaws in your system. Because, you know, if your water filtration system, if you've never used it before, there's a high likelihood that you are going to have issues because you don't even know how the system interacts with the rest of your equipment. So we, we've got to talk about how everything works together in that system. And that backpack needs to be sturdy. It needs to last well. It needs to not crap out on you when you, when you really need it. Um, Kelty backpacks are pretty good for the money. Um, you can get surplus bags. Alice packs are wonderful. But um, a lot of people, that there is something to be said about, yes, they are old and clunky. But, man, sometimes good old reliable is, is awesome to have. Um, and having that pack frame from the Alice packs is really, really nice if you're moving building materials and things like that. Um, I've helped some friends build in some very remote areas, and Alice packs are pretty much how it's done. Um, you know, if you're if it's all uh, if it's all on you to carry in bags of concrete or whatever you need a capability to do that, and an external frame pack is the way to go. If you're going to be moving a lot of stuff like that, if you, if you want comfort and everything, internal frame packs are the way to go in my estimation. Um, had really good luck with Eberly stock, every Eberly stock product I've ever had. Um, they make some wonderful backpacks. Um, I have yet, 
I've, I've had zero problems or failures with any of my Everly stock packs. Like wonderful packs. They're a little expensive, but wonderful. Very comfortable. Um, and you can get them in ways that they don't look super tactical. And which, which what is the name brand of these? Eberly Stock. Okay. Um, and uh, they've got some really cool equipment and stuff. The packs are a little on the expensive side, but they do last very, very well. I think they're much more affordable than many of the other what guys would call tier one um, pack manufacturers. I just, I love the Everly stocks. They've worked really well. They're a little bit on the heavy side, but they're very well built. They, they seem to last. And they also, they, they have scabbards built into some of them. So you can actually put your rifle and actually have access to your rifle. So you can put it up if you're, if you're, dealing with certain things you could also run two rifles that way so you've got one in the pack one in your hand kind of a deal um that was the most popular way that everyone i knew ran them was with the scabbard having something in the scabbard and then um, an ar or something like that in your hand like more of a rifle yeah and and one of the things that you were you were showing me yesterday after the show uh, with your own pack is that that you're you're utilizing small small items um, like your Altoids box that you had that you can pull out and you can do different things, but you can pile it with a lot of stuff that's very useful. And then it looks like the things that you've got in there are not really heavy things. We're talking about sleeping bag um, and and a blanket and some other stuff that you had. And I think that's, that's, that's something to keep in mind too, that you don't have to, you know, the backpack's not made to necessarily packed down with a bunch of weight it's for for tools that you're going to use there yep so this is not actually a sleeping bag this is actually a um poncho, a modified poncho liner and a poncho um just u.s military surplus this is the older um one color um and uh the reason i have this in here is you can use it like a sleeping bag i can use the uh it's just a really versatile package like this. I can add things to it to expand the capability. It's very lightweight, um, but it's very waterproof. And the thing is with this poncho is the poncho is big enough that with your backpack on chest rig and everything, this poncho will cover your backpack, you, your rifle, everything. Um, and you can still boogie around with it. Um, that's I, we might do a video on, um, sewing and modifying poncho liners and getting maximum effectiveness out of these. That might be something that we might do. We might also look into uh, doing some other homemade gear and that kind of thing. But, you know, that's probably outside of the scope of this. But, no, this is not a pack. This is a, a oh, um, a ranger buddy of mine taught me about this. I can't remember. They've got a name for it. They use it quite a bit. Uh, you can use a wool blanket. To give it more capability, um, you can use a number of different things with this to give it more capability. But this is the reason I like this is I've got a huge amount of options, and the poncho is set up so it's got. Um, I don't know if I have any of them. On the edges, it's got um, it's got grommets like a tarp, so you can actually use it. Um, you can use it to make a temporary shelter if you needed to you know, get yourself out of the rain because it's rubberized and everything really, really waterproof. Um, 
that is why I, I like to have things that are useful for as many possible uses as as we can get because yeah multifunction yeah yeah at least two or three functions at least the more functions i can get out of it the better um but that that's one of those things that like people don't think about you know if you're uh, if you freeze to death it still counts for the other team <laughs> yes that's exactly right that's a good point Dude, I, I told one guy, you know, he was out, uh, he was so uh, kind of like a mall ninja guy, you know, he bought the real cool AR, bought the pants and like three XL, you know, he's, uh, he's five foot wide and four foot tall kind of thing. And, uh, he was out there and, you know, he's doing all the tactical stuff, but he almost shot somebody like there was almost, he almost had a negligent discharge towards somebody. And I'm, I'm just like, I was kind of blown away. And uh, he's like, oh, well, you know, a little friendly fire never hurt nobody. I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> it's like, killed a bunch of people, though, at it. <laughs> yeah. Friendly fire counts for the opposing team, whether or not you intended it to. That's what I'm thinking of the whole time. But, you know. So I yeah, give him a shot in his backside and then say, and does, does that, does that hurt it? Does that hurt at all? <laughs> Teach this him a lesson. Guy, this same guy told me that the 380 ACP was a crappy round and that he wouldn't let his wife carry it. And he put his finger over the barrel. It wouldn't even probably hurt. So I told him, I said, well, why don't you put the fin- your finger over the barrel? Let me pull the trigger and see how bad it hurts. Yeah, wise never, guy. Yeah, <laughs> be up on it. Just so uh, so 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 we run this third line. So this is uh this is the issue that we've got. We're now we're talking backpacks and things that go in there and such. And so, are is there anything else that's a part of this third line besides your backpack and whatever equipment you're going to have in there? Your, your, I would say backpack. Third line gear is like your supplemental gear. So it's going to be backpack. You might have Tupperware containers going to the back of a bug out vehicle. Um, you might have uh, ammo cans that, you know, I, I don't know what your situation is. Think of third line as being what allows you to be able to extend your capabilities in, in the area. So the backpack, it allows you an option to be able to carry more supplies, to be able to be more effective for a longer period of time in a, in a given area of operations. Okay. All right. All right. Now we also have the issue of surveillance. So how is that going to figure into here? Okay. So there is post balloon surveillance and pre balloon surveillance. Um, So we could use the term the end of the world as we know it. Uh, Some people like to talk about it like the apocalypse, whatever you want to call it. I don't, you know, I don't have all the answers. I would say that when it comes to surveillance, um, when it comes to your property, having as much capability as far as camera setup, hardwired cameras, not wireless, hardwired cameras, because wireless is just too easy to jam. Um, also having some kind of solar capability or mini hydro or some, some kind of electric or um, power capability. You see, once again, we're back into the systems, how everything is tied together, you know. Um, and being able to have a way to actually effectively use those and use communications. 
you don't need like super fancy newfangled radios and stuff. You just need something that's effective because most people, you know, six months into a, into a really bad event with very limited power, most people are not going to have a way to charge radios and communication devices and that sort of thing. So that would be, um, that would be something to think about is not only how are you going to, who are you going to have, who's going to be monitoring these, these cameras. If you don't have cameras, you know, you're going to need listening posts and observation posts. Um, you're going to need field phones, um, you know, old wired field phones. You, those, you know, you, you crank up a little thing on the side. It allows you to be able to talk quite a distance um, and be able to inform. Um, so you could have one of those at a key spot, let's say an overlook or something like that. You could have something up there that allows um, you to have, be able to see someone a long ways off or, or a group of people a long ways off and be able to um, call in and inform everybody, hey, you know what, we might have company. So uh, field phones, things like that are, are very, very useful. And they're very, or they used to be inexpensive. I haven't looked at them in quite a while. It used to be for like $100, you could buy a field phone. And then for another $100, you could get all the wire you needed to run, um, you know, run a hard line. Okay. All right. What, what about uh, different types of radios? I know that uh, one of them that I had uh, had picked up, I picked up a set of them. And they're they're more than a walkie-talkie. You can get police bands. You can actually go in and program. There's some stuff I haven't even got to look at it just yet, but there's some stuff you can program to pick up all kinds of different things. You can do it as a short short um, short range and long range. Uh, I think the long range was out five miles or something, and that's in a, a good flat area. Um, and, uh, and, and things of this nature, what, what would you recommend for people to, to be looking at with, with something like that, that you might have maybe community? And, and again, we're, we're talking about building the community up with this, not just ourselves, um, but you you'd have that among your community. Well, I, I think that there's been a lot of, because of the FCC regs um, and all the ham radio BS and the, a lot of ham radio operators, you know, they, uh, because they get that little license, they think that they are God and that they're better than other people because they know how to do program a few frequencies and pass a test. Um, the thing is, is that I, when I think of ham and stuff, I think of more of a community mindset is like um, emergency communications. And I think that's how a lot of people in our field look at it. Um, I think that there are some great options like Meshtastic. Um, T-Rex Arms has some wonderful videos on that. Um, they've got some great information on Meshtastic, ATAC, um, and, and using those things and some different offline GPS options. Um, that's, that's something you can go look up. T-Rex Arms, they've got a podcast They've on their website. They've got um, yeah, they started out doing a lot of holsters for some of the uh, um, you know operators and stuff. We carried I, one on our gun site, and I was trying to think of the guy who was uh, working there. Botkin, I think his son was uh, doing a, a bunch of stuff there with it. So we used to carry some ads for them for free uh, on the website. 
Yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful products. I uh, I have to say they're new. Uh, I, I can't remember the. Uh, they've got a new. It's a pivoting appendix holster. It's wonderful, and and I think they have a very good mindset. They talk, you know, they give a lot of um, video, uh, you know, a lot of uh, input um, from um, a competition shooting standpoint. I, I think they've got a lot of great stuff, a lot of great mindset stuff. Um, good people. I think they have the right mindset. You know, it's not about being rich or anything like that to them. It's about, to them, it's about, hey, you know, how do we help people? Um, and I, I really, I can respect anyone who's got that mindset. Well, they're Christians um, too. That's, that's what I was talking about, uh, about, uh, I want to say Jeff Bodkin was the dad, but I can't remember the son's name, uh, who had started it. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm, I want to say Lucas, but you know, photographs. that's, that's probably right. <laughs> but, um, that wonderful, wonderful, um, information there. The and and if you're going to get a holster from someone, they make wonderful holsters. Now, I will say that my favorite holster, probably out of all the ones that I've been playing around with lately, is not a it's not a dedicated holster like what you're familiar with. It's from Filster. Um, it's called the Filster Floodlight. Um, what it does is it indexes off of the light, so you can carry any number of pistols as long as you've got the right light on there. And it's adjustable. It's a concealed carry one. They're wonderful, wonderful, especially if you're into uh, carrying stuff that that maybe no one else makes holsters for, you know, maybe a custom 1911 double stack or something like that. Um, having that capability. And I would say that they probably are, they're probably right there in quality with um t-rex their t-rex and them are probably my two favorite if you're looking for and i mean of course there's snake eater tactical there's a there's a few different ones out there but um so that's something they um i don't care for and i i'm not trying to be mean i just don't care for the slings over t-rex now maybe that's um you know maybe some guys do but i just that that's uh, i have not been impressed with the slings um, not that they're bad slings. I just don't like the interface very much. Um, so back so, to third line. So when you when you have when you have issues like uh, you'll bring up some things like um, uh, surveillance, and we were talking about hard, using hardline cameras versus uh, the the Wi-Fi. One of the questions that I have, and I don't know why, but my CPU usage is going like nuts, and I think uh, I see why. Gates is wanting to do an update again, uh, which uh, it, it messes with things. It really messes with them. So, guys, I apologize that we're having some choppiness, at least on my end. I see it. Um, it's it's gate. When whenever they do an update, it starts messing with everything. Even though it's downloaded, it's not it's not being done. It just causes a problem. But one of the things on the surveillance issue, uh, what would you say about things like monoculars, binoculars, any of those kinds of things? I think a good spotting scope is imperative for a listening posts and observation posts. Um, you know, a really good spotting scope. Uh, you don't have to spend two, $3,000 on one. There are some, I, and I hate to say it this way, but sometimes your budget will dictate what you're getting. Um, you know, you can buy a Swarovski for, I don't know, 
three grand or whatever it is for a nice spotting scope from them. Um, you can get a Chinese made one that may not have as clear a glass, but it's usable for like 200 bucks. Okay. Um, binoculars. Um, Bushnell has autofocus. Those are probably some of my favorites. Um, when you're going to be buying optics or anything like that, um, highly, highly, highly recommend um, get some kind of a kill flash for the front of it. Or if you can't afford that, just take some screen, some window screen and uh, cut that out. Um, use a couple of Ranger bands, put that on the front of the optic just to cut down on your glare. Um, believe it or not, glare is one of those things that just gives you away so easily. You, you just, it's a big deal. Um, as far as optics go, um, it, you know, it, it comes down to personal preference more than anything. I've been running low power variable optics for a very long time. Um, I've always been pretty, um, transparent about that. Um, yes, red dots are wonderful. I've run those quite a bit. I still run those on some things for, you know, up close, um, kind of work, you know, 50 yards and in, I really like a good red dot, but having a low power variable optic, especially from a company like Swamp Fox, Swamp Fox makes a one to 10 power, um, low power variable optic, um, and having that capability, you know, being able to crank it up to 10 power and being able to do, um, uh, you know, use your optic as a monocular that now allows you to carry less stuff. And uh, I've heard really good things about those swamp box and I played around with a couple of them. So um, for the money, you know, you're getting for 500 and something bucks, you're getting an optic that performs like a couple thousand dollar optic. So that's something to be said. Okay. All right. Um, now, um, I played around with the primary arms, wonderful stuff. Um, the hollow suns are good. Um, I, I have not had any issues with hollow sun. I know some people who have, um, but they do offer a lot of capability for a small amount of money. Um, that's something else that we may, we may look into. We may, we may, maybe that's something we can do in the future is start, um, talking about different gear and items and systems and maybe maybe we'll start doing that in separate videos but that's down the rabbit hole further um so after third line gear the next thing that i would say is that this is your resupply plan um after third line gear because you've got to be able to resupply once you go out and you deal with something you've got to have a resupply plan or you're going to be sitting there biting your fingernails every time you you expend a round or two because remember, you're not only going to be dealing with two-legged problems, you're also going to be dealing with things like coyotes trying to eat your chickens. You're going to be dealing with maybe a bear trying to come in and uh, tear open your garden to get to some fruit trees or whatever, or your orchard. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen that can expend ammo. You know, you could have an armadillo trying to burrow in under the house and you go out and deal with it. There's a lot of things that can happen that you're going to expend ammunition on. And, you know, there could be a raccoon in your chicken coop. Any number of things can happen and you expend ammunition and you need to have a way of resupply. So, you know, a stockpile, something that you can dip into if the need should arise. Okay. 
that's that's something that I, I don't see a lot of people think about is like what's your resupply like, you know, for medical and for, um, you know, defensive stuff. Now on the on the computer stuff, I will say I'm not the end all be all expert. Um, from what I've been told, using things like Tor um, browser, um, Tails is something that you can run. It's an operating system you can run on a flash drive. Um, for, for added security. Um, you can get away from the Windows products and go to Linux. Um, there are some people that I know that I can put you in touch with that might be willing to uh, elaborate on that more. Um, the, the thing is, is I think that we need to have not only, um, you know, like I was talking about, um, you know, the Mesh-tastic and some of the other options out there, that we need, we as a community, you know, um, there's so much infighting, so much BS you know that um, because it's divi- it's divide and conquer that we need to actually have more intelligent discussions about what we what capabilities we'd like to see be available to people and ways that we can open source that technology so it brings down the cost and i think that is uh, something that we really need to talk about in regards to um, electronic security and um, being able to have more privacy. Because, I mean, um, cell phones are the best surveillance tools on earth. Well, I think you guys you guys are already using some of that in, in some of your products you're doing now. We've talked about this before. You're wanting to make uh, a kit where people can make their own zeolite. You've got this with the fulvic and the humic acid. You've got an entire kit there. People can get both. They can, and you even give them the little, you know, the, the bottle. You give them the funnel there so they can make it themselves versus letting everybody else do all the work. And then they're charging an arm and a leg for that. I think that'd be a good thing to see come out. What was the guy's name? Cody down there. What was he at in Texas where he was doing the ghost gunner things? And I think that was his idea, too, was to promote liberty by giving people the blueprints. And you go get your own 3D printers and you can start printing, you know, your your lowers uh, and and pistols and everything else now. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to me. You can really see how tyrannical our government is by saying, We're, we don't want you letting that out. They didn't want him to put out the blueprints. Well, that's a First Amendment issue, guys. That's, that's just an information issue. It's like the people who say they don't want you to have the anarchist cookbook or they don't want you to learn how to make you know, Molotov cocktails or explosives or any of these kinds of things. You don't want that information. Uh, they don't want it out because they don't want it used against them. That's, that's mm-hmm. the real issue. It's not that... This is what I've said all along, David, is anybody, I believe a man ought to be allowed to have whatever he wants to have. If he wants a tank, if he wants an aircraft carrier, if he wants any of this stuff, if he can afford it, hey, knock yourself out. And there's nothing to fear from a law-abiding man, a man who upholds the law, uh, who has good care. There's nothing to fear from him for those things. Now, there's something to fear from him if you've got some crooked rascals like the guys in D.C. or some other people like that having these things. That's a problem. But people who have not shown that they're anything but good uh, people in their community, nothing to fear from those guys. And uh, I, so I, in my mind, I, that's why I don't know what all the fuss is, but, I, but in, I actually do. It's the guys who don't want you to have that because they, they know that you'll keep them in check with it. Well, and I, I think that that's, that's, what I'm, that's what 
frustrates me a lot is, you know, I try to have discussions with people about some of the issues that we're facing, um, you know, like the communications issues, like, and that Meshtastic, the reason that's really nice is it's very low power consumption, but it allows you very long distance communications. Um, now it's text message at this point, but they're with some funding and some research, there could be massive improvements in many of these different uh, capabilities, you know, alternative energy, all those sort of things. And th- really what I think you're going to start seeing is I think you're going to see where there's a lot of people who have a little bit extra income who are realizing that, you know what, that $100,000 bass boat I've got, I don't really need a $100,000 bass boat. A $20,000 bass boat would do the same thing for me, you know? Um, and I think that there's a lot of people who are realizing that and realizing that they could actually do some good with, with uh, their resources, a lot more good than what they're currently doing. And I think that you're going to see more and more people helping set up more and more of these, uh, uh, I, I want to call them think tanks, but not, you know, they, they aren't really think tanks. They're more like a bunch of like-minded individuals coming together and finding solutions to problems. And uh, with no, with no goal to make profit in mind, you know, open sourcing this technology to be able to help as many people as possible. And I think that's, I think that's really where you're going to see a lot of this technology, the 3d printing. Um, you know, there's a, there are some really amazing, uh, 3d printing, um, leaps and bounds that have been made like, you know, the liberator 12 gauge, um, that, that product has, has come to, come to be out there and man what a cool thing how many people do you know who have a 12 gauge um revolver shotgun that's a pump action that they printed themselves that's a really cool idea i agree and and they're and it's not registered in any way at all mm -mm. and there's uh there's like youtube channels like hoffman tactical um who are doing the 3d printing but they're actually improving the technology. So they're testing different filaments, different types of plastic. They're improving, uh, you know, the rigidity. I mean, they've got AR lowers now that you can do push-ups on that are 3D printed, that you put a magazine in it, you take the upper and you can do push-ups on it. Um, I think that, and I mean, they're, they're 3D printing Glock frames now and not having um, issues with them. Um, there's just a number of, um, there's a huge number of improvements going on right now in the community. And I think that you're going to see more and more individuals coming out who are going to want to fund, um, fund research and development, open source research and development, because it's going to help a lot of people. Um, I think that you're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, and think about what YouTube has done, you know, YouTube, well, before it was as heavily censored as it is now, um, it used to be a way for people to learn skills and go in and learn something real quick and go and find projects and things like that really quick. But because of all the censorship and everything, a lot of those really interesting YouTube channels have been shut down that used to offer all that kind of information. So I think that, I think that you're going to see a lot more open source. And I think that you're going to see a lot of, uh, people with certain types of skill sets coming out of the woodwork to share their skills and expertise. That's what I think, given the times. 
And I think that's a good thing. I, I think that's a really good thing, especially when we talk about uh, some of the stuff that we're seeing going on now with censorship over, you know, information concerning something they're saying, you know, killing all these people and this, that, and the other. And, and, and then the shots, too, is no censorship on these kinds of things either. These shouldn't be off-limit topics that we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about things that are there to defend liberty. And, uh, you know, when we talk about the Second Amendment, again, you know, Bradley had Ted on yesterday. I think you got to catch that. And that was what he was saying. He was like, no, I don't I don't need this piece of paper to go exercise my right if I don't have to do it under the things that are protected by the First Amendment. And by the way, you know, there's a part of me that thinks we even need to get away from that kind of conversation and just get back to the issues. I mean, what did they call the right to keep and bear arms before it was under the Second Amendment. We, they didn't call it the Second Amendment. They called it a right. We have a right to keep and bear arms. It's pretty simple here, guys. And it exists long before the Constitution is written. These, just guys, these guys were just codifying because they saw, uh, even in the institution of a central government, I think there were a lot of guys that said, wait a minute, we've been down this road before, and centralized government usually doesn't work out well, and it infringes on our rights, and we're living in that time where we're seeing it. Um, I think these things, they, they definitely need to be talked about. Yeah, and I, I think that that's part of the discussion. That, that I think that's part of the, what you and I had discussed, um, you know, o- over a year ago was that these discussions needed to be had. And the problem is, is there's so few people willing to even talk about them because they're such taboo subjects. Um, you know, God forbid you talk about loving and caring enough about your neighbors to prepare for a worst case scenario. Like what, what a horrible thing, you know, if you were, if you were a volunteer firefighter and you talked about uh, preparing for a fire that may never come, no one would think that you're crazy, but we as neighbors, as fathers, as husbands, as um, leaders in our community, as, you know, men, when we talk about, you know, things aren't looking so great in the world these days, you might want to be prepared. It's like, uh, it's almost as though you pooped in somebody's cornflakes. And I, I think that's really a, a sad thing. You know, we, um, in, in general, there's so much of this uh, wokeness and, um, you know, I, and I'm not trying to get political or anything. It's it's just it's it's hard to have a conversation these days without it um, spiraling out of control, and it it becomes a um, it becomes an argument instead of a conversation. And th- these kind of dialogues where we can go back and forth, we can all share with one another, learn, and ask questions, and ask not only questions but thought provoking questions. Because we have to listen to our critics just as we listen to our friends, because sometimes your critics make the best, uh, the best arguments against what you're talking about. And that gives you the opportunity to actually answer their questions. Yeah, and, amen. You may, and you may end up with a better ally than you ever could have had before. Amen. Amen. I want to I play something you just said there about just us as men. Now, you were naming off, you know, fathers and sons and all this, but just us as men. Uh, our friend Matt Trujella had a brief video, and I, I think it'll fit in here real good. Uh, I hope this is the one I had to hear, uh, but I, I think this is the one. In fact, let me just be, because, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Let's just let's Christian try this. Resistance involved. Um, He's talking about resistance here, 
And he and I love the thing that he's bringing in here where the young men are training together, and he's talking about men sense what's coming. I think it's some of what you were talking about there. So uh, take a look at this. Let me know what you think. This runs about four or five minutes. This is Matt Trujillo. I was repenting, fighting, and building. And when it comes to fighting, it can be difficult because they are burning our country down so quickly in so many ways. People don't know where to focus or where to act or to make a strategic move against the evil that they're doing. Many people are actually considering getting the shot. Many already have gotten the shot because they don't want to lose their job. You have to understand, you must be willing to lose your precious little job. You have to stand resolute against getting that shot that through coercion, through carrots, through threats, they have been trying to convince everyone to obtain. Understand, if you capitulate and get that shot, you have set a precedent for the government to dictate to you what you will put in your body the rest of your life. And understand, you're not only setting a precedent for yourself, you have set a precedent for all future generations. You have enslaved them so that the government thinks they can put whatever they want into anyone's body. You must trust the Lord improvise and not compromise. I learned long ago that when men give themselves to compromise, their life becomes a series of compromises. You must stand on principle and in faithfulness to Christ. Women, let your men fight. All my life I have seen men get involved in confronting an evil and then their wife comes up and throws a wet blanket over them. I thank God I've been blessed with a wife who cheers me on and prods me to action. There are enough weak, flaccid men in this nation. A good woman understands the duty of men to act in the face of evil and encourages her husband in his duty. Take your children with you when you go out to fight, if you're able to take them in regards to what you're doing. Let them see you confront the tyrants. Let them see you suffer persecution. Let them see you stand faithful to Christ. You must fight against the evil, not acquiesce to it, not attribute it to your latest prophecy charts and view it all as inevitable. Even though churchmen are suggesting and or are saying outright that you are bound by Romans 13 to get the shot, they are wrong. Romans 13 does not teach any such thing and understand the government officials have exceeded their biblical and constitutional limits when they demand you wear masks or get this shot. And when it comes to the churches, the churches need to take some lessons from Lexington. Pastor Jonas Clark and his men trained regularly. They saw the evil coming and so they trained in order to defend their families. The reformers wrote, volumes about the use of arms, their proper use, their illegitimate use. These are something men need to talk about and read about in our day. Men must be men, and the time is upon us where men must train in the use of arms in order to properly be prepared to defend their homes, their wives, their children. We are reaching a time where the use of arms in order to protect our homes, protect our families, is becoming more and more prevalent. Men sense it, it's in the air. Listen, all around the country, people have flooded into county and local government to make a stand for freedom. 
Why there? Because they see that Washington, D.C. is at war with them. And they've come to realize their state magistrates aren't going to protect them. So they have gathered there in that lawful body of county and local governments in order to make a stand for freedom. This is the doctrine of the lesser magistrate being played out. You must demand interposition of your lesser magistrates and prod them to do it and assure them you will stand resolute with them both publicly and privately if they do what is right and interpose against the evil. But if they don't do their duty, they play the coward, then you must do yours and make sure they are unseated and book good men in those offices of civil authority. There is so much detail to cover when it comes to fighting. Amen. We can't do it all here in these short videos. Amen. I'm going to cut that off because he's he's going to talk about the county. Uh, what what do you make of that? I, I I just it came to mind as you were talking about that kind of thing. I think that goes right along with it, and it goes back to our first show, which is our mindset as men. We're to be the ones who who stand up. We're to be the ones who protect and 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 it's it, it the duty falls to us. It doesn't fall to the representatives or any of those others under our Constitution, Article One, Section Eight, Clause Fifteen. The militia are the ones to be the law enforcers, to repel invasions, to put down insurrections. That's us. That's me and you uh, that we're to do those things. Well, and I think that the problem is, is I think that a lot of people, you know, soft time or easy times make for soft men. And a lot of people have not counted the cost. Um, What's your freedom worth to you? What is your neighbor? Are you willing to die for your neighbor's freedom as much as you are your own? And, you know, I think the problem is, is that principle. Um, you know, righteous principle will win the day. Um, that's what our founding fathers showed us. You know, they were so restrained in so many ways. Uh, more so, I think, than a lot of people, you know, there's so many uh, warmongers today because they haven't seen war. They think that that's going right. over, was, they think going over to a sandbox, taking a magnifying glass and burning ants is make, makes you a badass. And that's not really how it works. You know, when you're when your opponent and you are equally matched in skill and equipment, um, that that's when you you need the favor of your father, and our father only favors the righteous. Amen. Period. Amen. Um, so you know, David knew who he served. Um, you know, think about Gideon. Think about you know Joshua. Think about all these different commanders um, and men who saw war. The thing is, is that I think that a lot of people don't count the cost. You know, um, if you're really lucky, think about this. If you're really, really lucky, you get a hundred years on this earth, right? If you're lucky, hundred years, right? What is a hundred years in the eyes of eternity? Yeah, it's, it's nothing. So my question would be, is it better to stand for what is right, no matter the repercussions? Or is it better to compromise and take the easy road? You know, is it better to take the narrow path of righteousness or the wide path to destruction? I think that the problem is, is compromise. Compromise is the language of the devil. You know, everybody wants to talk compromise, compromise. But they don't realize that compromise leads to more compromise. It's always this slippery slope. And that's why I I think the other thing is we're so disconnected. Um, We're disconnected from our food. We're disconnected. And that's something that we will be getting into a lot more is uh, 
um, the gardening aspect and and growing your own food and all that and preserving it, putting it away. Um, you know, everyone wants to talk about, um, you know, guns and their AR and their tactical bag and all this kind of stuff. But in reality, you need to, I, I think that a lot of people have these unrealistic goals in their mind, you know, they haven't really counted the cost. If something is worth dying for, then it's also worth living for. Yeah, amen. And a lot of people haven't found anything worth living for. That's I think that's one of the things that I see today and why we've seen, you know, many of these these young people reverting to suicide and things of this nature is because they don't see anything to live for, so they might as well die for nothing because they're in their mind they're living for nothing. And uh, and I think this I, I think this is another aspect of what I see of building community with militia and things of that nature is there's a camaraderie, there's a common purpose. Uh, and in the midst of that, uh, my desire, at least in my county, is in us putting together ours, is making it about discipleship. Uh, yes, the spiritual aspects, but then how do those spiritual aspects, how do they put on the shoes to walk around here and do the things that we do every day? And so I see it as, a, as an all-encompassing thing that we can bring together to give purpose to people who may not, they may not have that. They may not see, they may see well, certain things and agree with us, but they don't see that aspect of it. And I, I think that there's been a huge, um, a huge problem is that um, it used to be that the church would come together and help out the elderly. They would, they would help cut firewood. They would help do a number of different things to help those who were in need in their community. And as the church became more and more self-absorbed, and less concerned with people outside of their congregation, we've seen a division happen. You know, you say, when the when the church is strong, America is strong. When the church is weak, America is weak. Yeah, that's right. Because the church is made up of his people, and we, as his, as his people, you know, and being body uh, part of the body of Christ. You know, some of us are the hands, some are the feet, some are the, you know, the knees. We all have different jobs to play in the church. And when when you aren't, when you haven't counted the cost, you know, there's a reason why Paul said it. And back to Romans 13, many people forget that in Romans 12, it says, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye renewed. Or, uh, but be Transformed ye, uh, by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Mind. I haven't had enough coffee this morning. <laughs> so, you know, they, they forget that. And Paul is talking about the authorities within the church. He's not talking about the authorities within government. And the thing is, how can you submit yourself to an unrighteous government? That That's the question. If a murderer asked you to go and commit murder, would you do it? This is the problem that we have is that people don't think for themselves anymore and they don't count the cost. If we can count the cost and we can say, hey, you know what? Um, something that's worth dying for is also worth living for. And that's why Paul said, you see, a lot of people take things out of context, um, for, especially from the, the New Testament. And when Paul said to live as Christ, but to die as gain, you've got to remember that he was in bondage. He was he had been arrested. <laughs> he was he was sitting in a prison, right? And he's he's saying that. And could you imagine having a mind to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm just stuck here temporarily, 
And if, if the father needs me on this earth, that's great. You know, to live as Christ, to die is gain because I get to go and return with the saints. That's what he's, that that's what he's thinking. And I think that part of, part of the big issue that, and I know that you and I have spoken to this before is that uh, people, not only do they not count the cost, but I don't think that they have enough faith. You know, they don't, realize that um that their that their faith will determine the outcome of many events in their life yeah absolutely well absolutely i i, I totally agree with you uh david we're, we're coming up on the end of the show here you want to give people a final word and then tell them again about uh, the website and about the special that you're going to run there for us uh with people use the promo code sons of liberty through monday morning yeah. Um, so we can uh, we finish up with is that you can have all the fancy equipment on earth. You can have all of that, but without um, without training and lots and lots of practice, um, it really isn't going to do you any good. And you have to remember that your mind is the weapon. Everything else is supplemental um, that at the end of the day, um, if if you are on the right side of things, you know, those who stand for what is right, um, they will be remembered. That's, that's all there is to it. Um, just keep doing what's right. You know, doing what's right is not a multiple choice question. Um, and you shouldn't have to be told by someone else to do what is right. You know, what is right in your heart. Amen. Um, and we, um, until Monday, we, we've done a 20% off, um, upgrade to the sons of Liberty discount code for the tree resin products, the fulvic, the humic. Um, and that will, uh, that will be going on till Monday. The website is the miracle The miracle um, People can feel free to give us a call, you know, touch base with us and go from there. Okay. David, man, I appreciate you so much uh, getting up early. Well, you're up early anyway. You, you, you didn't get up early, especially for us, but you did make time for us, and we appreciate that very much. It's been a great week. I think the people who've stuck it out, uh, are some of them already are in a lot of this stuff, um, so they've been talking about it in chat, and that's great to see. Uh, but hopefully it's, it's helpful for some people who haven't been thinking about this, or if they've been thinking, they've been, they've been going, well, where do I start? So we appreciate you coming on. I'm looking forward to, Lord willing, uh, having you back in another week or so and us taking on some other things, especially the gardening aspect. I think that one is one that, that when I was thinking about all of this, the gardening thing, making sure we have our own food and stuff, that's the biggest issue to me. That I see going on because I've often said uh, Americans are not going to really stand up and do what they need to do until they have hungry bellies. But my goal is not to have a hungry belly. I think that's your goal, too, and, and for your family to be fed. The righteous, you know, uh, the psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous begging bread, right? Uh, so we, we, we believe that God uses means and how he provides for us. Uh, so we appreciate that very much. You guys catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central today. And uh, we'll be back with you in the morning with Kate Shimarani and Simone Plout, 8 a.m., okay, different time, 8 a.m., and we'll talk to you then. See you.